0: Hey, this is Tony Soprano, and you're listening to Jersey Boys Podcast with your hosts, Dave Sturgeo and the Ernst Boys. I mean, I can give a shit about the Cowboys. We're in New Jersey. These guys got balls being Cowboys fans in Jersey. Anyways, enjoy. Well, whatever.
1: How about this, though?
2: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the jersey boys podcast right here on the chop sports podcast network your host dave Sergio, alongside nationally known comedian brett ernst keith ernst on assignment can't get out of uh of doing a couple of his uh, personal things right now so it's just me and brett we're rolling with it and you know what i tell you what it's a big episode for us we took off last week uh we had a decompress yeah you know, I, I know you were texting about losing some money uh <laughs> at the casino, bro.
0: Listen, I hit every bet. Okay, enjoyed the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I I, I did lose. I, I knew Cincy would cover, but I did do a couple money line bets with Cincy. But you know, I also parlayed that with the under. Uh, I hit a bunch of bets. Uh, I hit a prop bet. Um, I, I knew I, I hit Cup would make the MVP. You know. Really? Uh, you know. Y- yeah, you hedge everything because you can't. Yeah, sure. You can't parlay. You can't parlay a uh, a prop bet with a regular bet. You know that, right?
2: No, no, you can't.
0: So. Like, I, I, can't, I can't say, all right, I want the uh, the Bengals and the money line and the under, and Cooper Cup might win MVP. You know what I mean? You can't do that. Right, right, right.
2: No, 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 that's too much. But anyway, yeah, so Super Bowl comes and goes. But we are back, and we have a special guest coming up after the break. I'm going to sit down uh, with Nick Ralston, the fullback of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we'll get into his story. Uh, he was a rookie last year. Um, you know, again, it's just crazy because, I mean, I'm going to ask him about this, but, like, being born in 1996, in November of 1996, that means you saw nothing. Like He, yeah, he, he didn't boys. see anything. He has no idea. Bro, he has never seen the light of day as far as a championship is concerned. I got to wonder if it's better that way or, like, is it – like because now growing up, he's got expectations that he's never seen a Super Bowl. Now he's obviously playing for the Dallas Cowboys so he can contribute to that. But, like, I'm wondering, like, growing up, is he just, like, searching for that first one and has nothing to well, fall I back on? Can be honest
0: with you? I think I think that well again like with with me I I would rather have been the age I was when Dallas won those three Super Bowls than be a little kid because like I, <clears throat> look when Dallas was when I was a kid in the 80s you know Dallas went to a, three NFC championship games in a row they didn't miss a playoff till like 86 but then our 85 I think it was was the last time and 86 mm-hmm. was the first time they missed one but then we were back in it again in like 91, 92. You know what I mean? Or 92, 93. It started, right. you know. And then to be, to have the damn near success, still be a good team, but to really get to the Super Bowl as an adult, you know, it felt as a young adult, that felt great. And then to never wow. go back again has been awful. Right. I, think I, mean, I, worse, I think it's worse. I think it's worse than your situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the the Super Bowls I got to uh, enjoy were seven years old, eight years old, and ten years old. You know, so yeah, that's not that's not that's not enjoying anything actually. That's and I, I do remember getting very upset uh, in '95 uh, against the Steelers when the when they kicked the onside kick and recovered it, and I thought for sure like, oh my god, we're gonna lose this game. And like, I, I was I was ten, but I was visually ugly crying you know my dad getting you know probably mad at me like stop crying (laughs) it's gonna be all right uh but yeah i remember that but like for nick and his journey i'm gonna find out you know who he grew up playing because i mean if you do the math if you're born in 96 and let's just say he caught on to the game in you know when he's eight years old right so that means it's shit he's 2004 2005 so he had to sit through these ugly, ugly Dallas Cowboy years and, you know, being born in Dallas and having a family as Dallas Cowboy fans, you would have to assume that, you know, his family got to see a bunch, you know, but he's never seen anything. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to know which players he
0: kind of well, like gotta locked on his dad's, dad's got to be, you know, late 50s, early 60s in that era. So he saw he saw some Super Bowls and he saw, you know, he was probably 10. Or you know he was probably maybe fourteen or fifteen when Dallas won a Super Bowl. You know, like against the Broncos. You got to figure that out. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, then then he went through the eighties and then we fell off, but then we were back in the nineties. It's, I mean, look, it's either ignorance is bliss. I think it, I would pref- I would. I think you're in the worst scenario myself.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't get to enjo- enjoy. What, anything. You
0: were born. You you were born pretty much. They were winning. Right. Like, I mean, when you started understanding football, this was the team in the Super Bowl. Then they yeah. were there again and then they I, were there again. And then right, they right, never right. got back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they never did get back. Uh, it's been a Listen, it's been a quiet off season. Obviously, you know, we took the week off last week to, to, to kind of decompress. I'm glad we're going to be joined by Nick Ralston after the break. And uh, what I could say is this, as far as the Dallas Cowboys. Decompress off-season, from the what?
0: What, are we decompress, what are we decompressing from? the season of course it took us a little well, long, is that what it is really. <laughs> so it we, we took a little break
2: with the the, the offseason has been quiet obviously there's no player movement until about March where the new league year starts uh but the combine's coming up I'm gonna get Nick's uh you know his thoughts on his pro day and, and like that whole process of getting to the NFL but you know excited about the the combine it's it's obviously you know it's they've lot of people call it like the underwear Olympics because nobody can really show you what they got when they're just kind of going against nobody and they're throwing against air and they're just kind of running the 40 and doing the bench press and stuff like that do you take any stock into that Brett? when when
0: these guys do this combine stuff do you do look at it like i mean look you you have a history of players that didn't do well and you know what's your 40 mean i think i remember chris spielman had like a low 40 but it's like his east to west is one of the fastest to ever play a middle linebacker. You know, there's the instincts. I mean, like the difference between a, a four one. Right. And then a four, four is like this. And then the four, six is here, you know, cause right. football is more really about angles and, and execution and predicting and reacting. You know what I mean? Yeah, but no, I am. look, I mean, you can have some stock in it. I mean, it's very rare when you get a player that, excels in the combine and actually excels in the NFL.
2: That's true. There's more
0: people that have average workouts in the, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, they said
2: said in the preseason, they said that Jamar Chase had a problem catching an NFL ball. And then he wins rookie of the year. So it's like, right. well, let's not take too much stock into what they're saying. But as far as the Cowboys front is concerned, you know, you're, you're looking at a team that has a lot of free agents. We've, we've talked about this at length of guys that we want to bring back and guys that we don't want to bring back. Uh, Ralston was actually one of those guys that we, we definitely said, this kid needs to be on the team um, because we like that young, that hungry, you know, not not as successful, I guess you could say. Guys that are out there trying to win Super Bowls, you know, and and the high paid profile players, you would hope that these guys start delivering. So my first question to you is, you know, do you have a preference of like the number one guy you got to bring back? And I'm talking, there's a list of, uh, there's a, there's a Randy Gregory. There's a, uh, uh, Dalton Schultz. There's, there's a Michael Gallup. There's Cedric Wilson. There's guys like that. Do you
0: have like a number one guy you need to bring back? I mean, to, to strategize it. I think the number one guy we need to get back is Dalton Schultz. I think Schultz is extremely important. And um, then I would say Gallup. Gallup now coming like,
2: off the ACL. A lot of people are saying that that that's, could be well, a thing. I
0: mean, Frederick Wilson, too. I mean, we could sign him for not as much because he, you know, but I'm sure that there's some teams out there that might want him. Yeah, I think he's a playmaker. Are
2: yeah, <laughs> these guys, uh they, they're definitely going to uh, warrant some price tags. And, and like there's things that list, the Cowboys got to shift some money around, you know, like Demarcus Lawrence, um, Amari Cooper. These guys have been rumored already and linked to either restructurings or tradings or outright le- releasings. And I, I don't like hearing about that kind of stuff because I think these guys are definitely uh, key components and pieces that need to stay on this Cowboys team for them to be successful next year. I, I firmly believe that. Um but yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see who they bring back who they franchise tag.
0: I hate, I hate to bring it up but this is where we're going to start getting hurt with that Dak and Zeke uh, contracts, bro.
2: Understood, understood. Yeah, I mean Zeke is making uh 18 I believe this year and Dak Dak's not as heavy. Uh he, he's heavier next year. Um but yeah, I mean look, I am I'm, I'm going to assume that if if Dak and, and Zeke and these guys and Amari Cooper and Lawrence and all these guys are the leaders that we know they are, um I think there's going to be some wheeling and dealing uh, within the next couple of weeks as far as restructuring to a contract. I'm tired. Well, I'll of tell you this
0: too. I'll tell you this too. Uh, I think um, you know it speaks to Dak's character because you know he he's been coming out and, and criticizing himself, and I think he's oh, yeah, also yeah. the type of guy. He's also the type of guy that would be like, you know what, I don't deserve this right now. Or Let, let's let's move this around and restructure, just like Brady did. I mean, look, you gotta you gotta ask yourself, and Romo did the same thing, you know. You wanna keep this crew. I mean, what's your legacy? Right? I mean, right. A- after a certain amount, you know, money can't mean everything. And 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 I don't think it does to like I said, man, I've never questioned Dak's character at all.
2: I don't think anybody you know, has I don't think any- yeah, I don't think anybody has any room to great you kid.
0: Know you he's a great kid. Um, and if if they could keep this team together, we could go far. We'll see how many
2: guys. I mean, look, there's like, I believe there's like 20 guys and they're 20 million over the cap. So it's, you know, there is a franchise tag. You wonder where they're going to use that. Like, I even thought to myself, like, maybe they use it on Brian Anger, you know, the punter, you know, like where it's a cheap uh, franchise tag, but you don't let him walk. You know, there's a lot of decisions to be made. And when it comes to a guy like Nick Ralston, who we'll be talking to after the break, I, you know, his futures contract just means like, you're there. You know, you're there now. Earn your spot. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And, And there's a lot. Of qualities to think about uh, when it comes to Ralston, and it's like we haven't seen a fullback like this in our system. I, dare I say, Moose? Or like there? Or, or like there was times I believe when in the Parcells era, uh, he brought on the kid from uh, from the Jets. I forget his name, um, Anderson. might have been Anderson. I don't know. I I'm, not, I'm drawing a blank in, in my mind. But like the fullback position, you would think of Ralston, and you're thinking like, okay, he's a he's a hard nosed dude. He's built like a brick house. Um, You know, and, and he can pave the way. I've seen some of his college highlights, and this kid can floor people. So I'm wondering, like, is it Ralston the guy to to, to bring in at fullback, or are we going to worry about lining up Connor McGovern again at fullback?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, see, here's the thing, man. And with these new style of offenses, the fullback is an almost obsolete position, right? And it's a shame because it, it was very, it was very intricate, especially in the nineties type offenses, you know, from all to Rathman to moose. Um, you know, it, it's, it's almost the tight end to me has become the new fullback in a sense where it's become it an important, it's become an important player. And, you know, where it's very that, I mean, it's, it's, it's the underdog or I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's the side bitch in, in the <laughs> fed offense. Right. right. It's like that. It's it's the 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 unsung hero yeah. that becomes you know uh, the key the pivotal the pivotal player and and you know that that's a question I would want you to ask him is is about the future of the fullback position and because you don't really see it as impactful as it used to be you know.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's guys like guys like uh, Kyle Uzcheck. You know, those guys have made some money. Those guys have made some money. And um, you know, and, and the fullback position has definitely has definitely uh taken on a role of its own. And and I think Ralston has himself a, a role on special teams. I think there's 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 I, definitely listen, you know, I like
0: the kid. To... We've always liked the kid, but like, we like the kid. We watched him play in preseason. That kid's got hard, he can hit. Um, you know, he's all over the field, man. He's he's just one of those kids, and you need that, you need that type of person on your team, I think.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I mean it's the
0: same reason why Bill Bates was there. You know, that's, you that's need that. Right, you, need
2: you can you can make a career uh, on special teams. I mean, look at look at Goodwin. I mean, the guy's been brought back on one year I'm deals saying here.
0: The importance of a guy like that on a team. Not, of course, he could carve a career out of special teams, but why? Why was Tasker important? Why was Bill Bates important? Because there's guys that start dragging ass, or or you know that have made it their whole career just based on talent. Some of them, and you see a guy like that giving a hundred percent all the time. It gut checks you. It makes you step your game up, man. Those guys are very important to have on the team. I, I don't want to say that Rudy guy because, you know, Rudy, you know, he 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 had one tackle. I meant like, you know, those guys that, that are all hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like th- those guys mm-hmm. that just play with heart. I mean, Coakley was like that. Dexter Coakley was like oh, that. Love Dexter Sam, You know, she had Sam Mills, you had those, those defensive players that, that just came in and just – Knocked your dick in the dirt and and just played a hundred percent all the time. Yeah, your Ronnie Lott was like that. But yeah. again, these guys were all pros. Uh, you know, you always get those guys that aren't all pros that play that play that hard. Yeah, that's I why agree. I like Cedric Wilson, man.
2: Those are the yeah. These are role players that, that that you know Wilson for for one came in there and and filled the role because Gallup got hurt. You know what I mean? So Gallup was hurt for a little while and and, and Wilson filled that void. Lamb missed the game, Cooper missed the game. So Wilson was called upon a lot and that's why a guy like that, you definitely want to bring him back.
0: He stepped it up. That kid stepped it up. He made some big plays, some crazy plays like um I mean, dude, I I like that kid a lot. And and um you know, hey, who knows, uh, but you you can't we can't keep everybody so yeah. you either got those players that haven't made any impact and then, or you're going to get those players that you feel, um, you know, are past their prime that you're going to have to cut.
2: You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it. They got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. What's up, everybody? This is Dave Sturgeo, co-owner of Chop Sports and, of course, the Chop Sports Podcast Network. And I'm here to remind you that each and every day, Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern, we're going live. That's right. It's the Chop Sports Daily Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. At around 1230, this becomes a podcast in which you can stream it on your favorite platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Each and every day, myself and Gooch go over the previous night's sports, a couple games to look forward to, and of course, we always spark a really great conversation. You can join the conversation by watching us on YouTube Live or download the podcast when that becomes available. That's every day. Check out the Chop Sports Daily. All right, joining us right now is the one, the only Nick Ralston. What's going on, brother?
1: What up, man? You know, we just had some tef- technical difficulties, uh, you know, but that's life. There's always adversity and, you know, the story of my life.
0: <laughs> he got I'm, through uh, no, it. like right I'm now, glad I'm glad
1: were... get the camera right.
2: Yeah, no, no, I'm, glad, I'm glad you – don't worry about the camera, man. Uh, right. I'm glad you're on and I'm glad you're joining us here. Uh, we, we've decided to bring you on here because, obviously, you got a crazy story getting into the NFL. Um, we were discussing this earlier
0: before the break uh,
2: is – well,
0: wait, can I, can I search start start really quick, really quick before okay. you get into that because it's it's an interesting question. We were right. discussing, and, and you can get your insight because we don't have to lose we don't have to lose momentum here. I was I was wondering about the future of the position of fullback in general in the NFL. I mean, I remember in the '90s it was such an integral part of the offense. Um, with these new spread offenses, is it is it like a is it a diminishing position or a compromisable position? I know it. it you understand what I mean by that or
1: no? Right. No, yeah. I mean, I think at this point there's only uh, maybe 20 to 22 teams that maybe have a fullback on roster. And, you know, the ones that actually use it, uh, you know, a significant amount is probably, you know, two or three. You know, maybe San right. Francisco, Ravens, uh, Titans. Uh, you know, those are about it. But, you know, it's, it's an important position. And, you know, the – the NFL goes through phases, you know, you know, they became pretty pass happy this past, you know, decade, but I think things are going to kind of start to turn the other direction. Cause you know, when you put a fullback in the game, you know, they create so much uh, mismatches and a lot of times it'll bring down, you know, another safety, you know, which opens up the passing game, you know, cause it's, it's hard to, you know, a lot of concepts are hard to run, you know, when there's too high safeties and when you have two high safeties, you got to run the ball. And when you struggle to run against two high safeties, then, you know, you're kind of screwed. So, I mean, you know, there, I think there's always a, you know, there's some old school football coaches out there that, you know, love the position and love what it stands for. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of you know, maximizing your opportunities when you get them. See, I, I, feel, I always felt it was very
0: important because, you know, you, you have an athletic guard, pretty much right. Right? <laughs> you have a guy that, can, that knows how to block because you also see them su- like supplementing with a tight end back there or, or it's not the same thing right it's not a guy that is used to you know getting low in in the in the in the gaps or, or, or uh, in the hitting the holes and just laying the wood man or, or even knowing yeah. how to position because it, it you know a fullback is still quick you know what but, I mean? And then you see them put the offensive line, I, you know, you ever see when they put the, the tackle back there or the guard and then it's the like, Cowboys, listen, this past on. year, I I, I, I got to ask
2: you, Nick, for every time that the Cowboys lined up, you know, Connor McGovern in the backfield, like, didn't you like in your mind and soul, like, no, 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 I can do that. I can do that.
1: You know what I mean? Like No, yeah, playing. no, 100%. Uh, you know, I know 100% I could, you know, do that, do that role and do very well in the NFL, um, you know, but, you got to know your role and you got to know that, you know, there's certain things, you know, outside of, you know, you know, roster construction and, you know, so many things outside of, you know, you as a, as a player that you're not in control of. And, uh, yeah. you know, you never want to hate on another player. Oh, or,
2: no, 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 no. I'm know? just saying, like, but, uh, I just know no, you would be out there cracking heads.
1: No. Yeah. I want to just, you know, cause there's nothing, you know, see this brick wall behind me. I could, I could run through it. You know, like, and I'm just I waiting for that it. opportunity. I believe <laughs> yeah. it. I believe
2: it. So look, I got to ask you, we were talking about this before the break. Uh, you're, the 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 Cowboys fanhood has to run deep. I mean, you're, you're born in Dallas. I'm assuming the entire family are Dallas Cowboy fans and supporters your entire life. So you're raised that way, but being born in 1996, you didn't get to see anything, right? I mean, you've seen nothing as as far as success when it comes to the Cowboys.
1: Right. You know, uh, you know, but that that doesn't matter because, you know, we love the Cowboys, whether they win or lose. But I mean, you're right. It's been uh, I think you said earlier, they they won in February of of 96. Yeah. And you were born.
2: So you literally saw nothing.
1: Yeah. So I've (laughs) seen on the earth, you know, I've seen a couple good seasons, but, you know, not not many uh, playoff wins. But, you know, what I remember in my lifetime is just, you know, Tom Brady winning. That's kind of the thing that <laughs> we all remember, it, you know, like Brett, yeah.
2: Brett will get a kick out of that. He's, you know, for anybody, it's crazy. Anybody born or at least got to know football in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands and on, that's all you know is Tom Brady winning Super Bowls, And it's just, it's yep. insane to me to think about. You got to tell me though, like what year, like how old were you when you started to actually grasp not only the concept of football, but the Dallas Cowboys in general.
1: So who's the quarterback before Tony Romo? Quincy Carter. No, it was Drew Bledsoe. I don't remember Carter. I remember Bledsoe and I remember Tony Romo getting his, you know, chance. And that probably was what, 2007 or.
2: 2007. Unfortunately, that was the year that the Giants won the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I was probably, you know, nine or ten years old or when I really started kind of following it. But, uh, you know, I grew up Cowboys fan and everybody around me, you know, Cowboys fan. And it's just crazy to, you know, you never think as a kid growing up in Dallas that, you know obviously you have these dreams of playing in the nfl but you never see yourself you know playing for your hometown team and then you know all this crazy stuff happens in your life and it brings you to you know the doorsteps of the star and at AT&T, at&t stadium and you know next thing you know you're you're playing in, you know, a couple games and it's just been, it's no, been really surreal. You know, I can't even believe that's it.
0: That's gotta be surreal, dude. That's gotta be surreal. I mean, especially growing up in Texas. Now, look, I played my high school ball in South Florida and, and Florida <laughs> football is part of, it's part of our culture, but right. for you, for Texas, and, and I say this with respect, it's not only part of your culture. It's like a way of life. It's I mean, a religion. We, it's a cult. Yeah, you know?
1: awesome. High school football, especially is a, you know, it's a cult.
2: I mean, Friday so, Night Lights was literally based off of Texas.
1: Oh yeah, you know what I mean? oh, yeah. Like, like,
0: yeah. Listen, like I'm not like in in Florida. Like you have so many athletes and skill positions, but you don't have the whole town coming out. You know where in Texas you, you got you know they come out for eight man football just like they do for that for the highest level of high school football. Um, but your work ethic must be sick, kid. I mean, it's got to be sick. I mean, I saw you pulling the truck, but. <laughs> I mean yeah, just, you know I <laughs> got well, Nick I gotta, Nick, I gotta I mean, know man I mean, what, you, what, you have to have one of those things where you're just like you said you'll run through that brick wall if if given a with a dip in.
2: Right. You know, there, <laughs> there is, dip, yeah. What 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 exactly went into that? Like did you just wake up on a Monday and said, you know what, today today is the day I'm gonna pull an eighteen wheeler? Like what was that about?
1: You know, it was actually Tuesday because Monday was upper body. And uh <laughs> you know it was it was during the pandemic. And all the gyms were shut down. I was out in Arizona training. And uh, one of my buddies had a uh, a gym in his kind of like garage. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're pumping iron in there. And, you know, we got a good leg pump going. And then, you know, he has a trucking company. So they're like, you want to go pull some trucks? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to go pull some damn trucks. And the next thing I know, we're pulling up to this big garage. I didn't know it was a semi. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Like I said, I'd run. There's something wrong in my brain, you know. Like I, you know, I love hitting people on kickoff, you know. And then it's like nothing wrong, kind of like that. You like you like wrong.
2: No, you see, that's the thing, Nick. You say wrong, we okay, say average. amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, a, nah, that's the mentality you need. There's, some, there's something off though up there, you know. In, in terms <laughs> well, listen, man, I, I, I
0: love, that's that's the one thing I miss about the game, and I could never play today because you know it's become more of a skill as far as an intimidation game. You know, it's more about skill as opposed right. to like used to just. I remember even even being a kid, man. You know, or even in college we used to say, let him, let him catch. I played safety and Kyle, let him catch the out. Let him, let him, let him come. We're yeah. going to let you catch that ball because you know, you Knock want, you want to lay out. the wood on them and, yep. and, and make them think twice. And the same thing, man. Like I remember one time, uh, it, it don't matter, but there is this running back that I should have hit. I should have hit low. <laughs> and there's nothing worse when you get a guy like, like his size coming at you and you think you think you're going to lay him out and you just get, on your back and cleat marks on your number, on the front. <laughs> yeah, you think
1: twice yeah, about man. running that into that. character.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bill's oh, character. Yeah, all right. So Nick, I gotta know, man. So obviously, 2020, uh, they cancel all the pro days and everything like that. So you you, you don't get your opportunity there. Uh, 2021, pro day, University of Louisiana. Obviously, the Cowboys came calling. Um but what would you like was there any other teams that were offering you a, a deal before I mean if you can disclose that I don't know I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus but like yeah, you know, I obviously at the, the Cowboys I mean, Yeah go ahead who, who anybody else offer you deal
1: Uh well, I mean there was definitely a couple teams talking during the uh during the draft I mean one of my coaches from Louisiana was at the Giants and I thought that might be a potential target as well as the uh the Saints, because they had called me, I think, at the sixth or seventh round. And uh but yeah, no, after the draft my agent called me, he's like, You're gonna be a Dallas Cowboy and you know that was it. The rest is history. Like you just that's knew right it. away. Yep. I mean where there's no, you know, there's no better place to play than the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody says, you know, this whole organization, you know, the facilities, you know, how they do things is world class and that's why it's a seven point one billion dollar franchise you know and
2: you just want to get a little piece of the pie that's all that's all you the crumbs
1: you know you can get fat you know eating the crumbs i'll tell <laughs> you though, i believe it i believe we, it. we
0: uh we sang your praises in preseason too man we we're, you're one of our favorites i was like this kid's got to make the squad man
1: i appreciate that <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I about,
0: the- I, I, i'm not joking well, yeah. I'm like, I mean, you get can, out you of can
2: literally, you can go back, you can go back and listen to us. Uh, because yeah, we, we were definitely we like, this kid is a hard-nosed kid. He's definitely gonna be one of those guys that want it. Like they, look, when when guys go into the NFL and they make the, the, the top, top dollars, and sometimes the hunger goes away a little bit, but when you got to scratch and crawl the way you did, uh, I feel like this is this is the the, the breed that the cowboys need going into you know the future seasons. Right. I think they need more of always, Nick Rawlins. You know what I'm saying? There's always right, those, those
0: those scrappy guys that, but it's in their fucking DNA. Like I guarantee right. you, if this kid got a hundred, this kid's still scrappy. It's in the DNA, bro. It's that Rocky gene.
1: Yep, you know, you. Uh, it's that Bill, Bates,
0: that Bill Bates, Bill Bates gene yeah. where it's just dog.
1: Let's go! Let's go! You know, it's just <laughs> my whole my whole path to the NFL has been. You know, I don't know how much time we have, but I mean, I can tell you just kind of quickly how Go on. crazy yeah, no. everything was you know so you know i get done uh with college at the end of 2019 with louisiana start training in 2020 um in arizona and uh you know then covet hits they shut everything down i'm dating a girl at the time and uh you know my agent kept telling me to come to be ready and you know draft day comes no calls nothing you know, I thought I was going to be able to get a workout. No, because, you know, they could only bring in so many people and there's COVID restrictions and all that. So I actually gave up football and I've moved to New York to be a commercial real estate broker. I got a job in Manhattan and, you know, I drove across the country because that girl, she had gone back and I was following her out there. And after about a week, you know, she told me to pack my stuff and go home. So, uh, yeah. So I was out there actually in New Jersey, uh, Somewhere up there and
2: so you are you know, a Jersey boy after all. All right. All right. about I I a
1: week. You know, I still got a bad taste in my mouth. But uh <laughs> you know, came back home and that was like August. And then Pro Day was like April of next year. So there was like, you know, seven, eight, nine months where I worked out like six hours a day, seven days a week, just waiting for that opportunity, you know, and I did the craziest workouts, you know. One day I rode, like on the rowing machine, I rode a marathon that took three hours and in, in 12 minutes one day i climbed the you know the stair climber like 367 flights of stairs because the uh the tallest building in the world is half that and i wanted to do two of them so i mean i did a lot of crazy <laughs> shit man animal like, bro <laughs> but uh you know it definitely just helped develop that you know that grit and that work ethic and you just you know it just i got a fire inside of me and there's a lot of things i want to do you know with football and outside of football. And, you know, I'm just getting started, you know?
0: Well, you know, the, so just a quick question. So when you were in New York or New Jersey and then then you came back, you didn't know if you were going to get a tryout or anything, right? You were just working out.
1: No, you were just,
0: you were just working out saying, okay, if, if it comes, so there's no light at the tunnel, you're just training in case that there is a light.
1: Correct. I knew that I would have an opportunity at pro day to be in front of NFL scouts and, I knew All in right, my heart. So you didn't that, know that. I knew that I would be in front of them. I didn't know that an opportunity would come, but I knew that if I went out there and performed, that there was no way that I couldn't get an opportunity. So, right. I mean, there was there was so much uncertainty. It was uh, it was honestly terrible. It was the worst time of my life. But uh, you know, things have turned around, and my life's completely changed, and I got a lot of things going, you know, my way now, and I'm extremely thankful for that
2: now surrounding yourself with the uh the current team right now obviously i mean look you're talking about your your journey and your path to get to the Dallas Cowboys and now you're there talk to me about some of the guys that have influenced you the most in that locker room you know what 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 guys are are pushing you to the limits i mean if i had a guess you know obviously you're in the running back room so you got the guys like Zeke and Pollard mm-hmm. and everybody like that but like are there anybody else outside the running back room that is like just kind of like in your ear saying, you know, keep doing your thing, bro. You're going to get like opportunity after opportunity.
1: Uh, you know, there's been many different people that have, you know, reached out to me, but I'd say that, you know, the one person that I really admire and how he's just the most down to earth guy is Dak Prescott. He, you know, I'm like this undrafted free agent. One day I'm sitting in the hot tub and You know, he's like right there sitting next to me and he I have my headphones on just like this and he's saying something. I'm like, there's no way this guy's talking to me. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he goes, I can't remember what he said, but he was like, hey, Nick, I'm talking to you. And I'm like, "Dak Prescott's talking to me. Holy shit. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just seeing how he works every day and, you know, how good of a leader he is and how well he communicates. And, uh, you know, same thing with Zeke. You know, he's put in a lot of work, uh, you know, over the past after that 2020 season and, you know, seeing the way he comes to work every day. And, you know, there's not a guy on this team that I don't, you know, look up to and, and, you know, feel like they're my brother. You know, I think this is one of the best places to play. Um, You know, everybody from Jerry Jones to the janitor, you know, is just an amazing person. And uh, you really feel that the culture here is, you know, incredible. And I think that, you know, as a team, we're onto something special, um, but you know, the first thing that you need in order to have success is a, you know, a great culture. And I think we've established that it's just, you know, it's got to translate into the field.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this past season obviously doesn't go the way that all, us as me- members of the media and, and fans and everybody like that, you know, it doesn't go our way. We get, you know, bounced in the first round, you being around that team, uh, you know, towards the end there and, and getting on the field and getting, and getting some reps, you know did do you feel like you're you guys are like right there you like or are you about to turn the corner here i mean like obviously the speech happens after the game and everybody kind of goes their separate ways but what's the taste in your mouth leaving the 2021 Cowboys going into 2022
1: you know obviously this season we showed signs of greatness you know you think about that uh that Patriots game yeah. yeah just how resilient we were the whole game and just how back and forth it was the last 2 minutes of the game and then into uh you know overtime um you know we did have several rocky points during the season um but yeah I know we're really I feel like we're really on to something but you know in the NFL the difference between winning and losing is you know so small and you have to do so many things right and you have to get you know you have to get lucky you know but you know I really feel like we're on to something and you know hopefully Next year, you know, we got all these coaches coming back, Coach Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. You know, we can continue to build on the system that, you know, we established this past couple of years and, you know, just keep it, keep it rolling because, you know, we have such, so many playmakers, you know, and, you know, I'm excited to uh, have the opportunity to add, you know, that toughness and grit to, you know, offense and special teams.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's been, uh, again, hey, the,
1: the, go ahead, Brett.
0: No, I was going to ask you what, what's your other position you play. I know every 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 football player has two positions that they've played, and then there's the one that they always wanted to play. Um, what's your other position besides fullback?
1: I mean, I played running back growing up. It's just you know I got to a point You're where playing I was a defense. So, I did, you know, in high school and then a little bit in college. But I was always so skilled, you know, catching the ball, and I just had so many reps at run. I mean, high school I ran. My senior year, I had four hundred something carries for twenty seven hundred yards, forty six touchdowns—stupid oh numbers. My state championship in twenty fourteen, I had fifty four carries, and we lost in double <laughs> overtime. And that was in AT and Stadium. You can oh, wow. Google that right now. Like,
2: so that that's pretty dope. I mean, you're actually getting to experience where you're about to play in the. Oh yeah, football. I've
1: I've had so much blood, sweat, and tears like already in uh you know AT and Stadium. We won a state championship there my junior year, but. You know, it's just crazy to come full circle and then, you know, put on that. that's great,
0: you know? man! I was just curious what you played on defense.
1: I was linebacker, you know, inside linebacker. I
0: was gonna say because you brought the wood. I remember you making a hit one time, and I'm like, "Yo, that kid, that I'd figure you were in the middle, so you had to been, <laughs> you had to been hitting
1: somewhere, man." You know, I play I both way. I played both ways growing up. You know, but I mean, really, you know, fullback is just a linebacker on offense, you know, <laughs> in terms really of the mentality, weird. you know, you're still, you know, quick enough and athletic enough to do things that a running back and tight end can do. But I mean, I think the thing that separates me from, um, you know, a lot of players nowadays is that I seek contact and there's nothing like hitting somebody in your face, feeling numb, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just great willing
2: to rip somebody's fucking head off. I love it. <laughs> Do you, do you think the game, like, all right, I, I got to ask you this because I know you like the contact and you like the brutality of the of the sport of football, and that's why everybody gets into it as a kid. But, like, do you think the game is changing in a way where it's, like, it's almost to your disadvantage? Like, you know, you can't hit nobody anymore. You know what I mean? Like, without some kind of penalty, or it just it drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, it's tough, especially, yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, I think that's what people really enjoy is those crazy, you know, knockout hits and stuff like that but I think the the league has done a good job of trying to protect the players but you know I think there's a line of where they you know kind of got to stop because, yeah of course you know,
0: I mean there's one thing from spearing and then there's another thing yeah. from using
1: your body weight right, uh, what, right. what does that even mean I don't even know I mean I keep telling myself I'm like dang man I'm going to get targeting because there's no way that I'm going to lead with the shoulder I'm leading straight with my face mask right <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's how they touch touching the good old days it's I, I know a better
1: you. time
2: unbelievable unbelievable well your journey has been uh incredible we're obviously got you got fans in, in the jersey boys rooting you on but you got to tell me now huge. You, you, oh, you, huge. You, yeah you seem to have uh branched off a little bit uh looking for you know setting yourself up because not a lot of guys your age you know what you're 25 right 26 25 yeah, 25 years old. So not a lot of guys your age think about life after football. You know what I mean? And it looks like you're setting yourself up for some success. Tell me a little bit about the journey. I mean, I know it, it didn't end well in New York, but like at right, least right, right, knowing yeah. like the journey part of it, of, of being the, the real estate uh, in real estate.
1: Right. So, I mean, I, I'll backtrack a little bit. I've always been like a, you know, a hustler, you know, entrepreneur in, in college. I would go to discount stores like Ross and Burlington Marshall's and the Nike clearance store. and I'd buy stuff there and resell it online. I sold like a hundred grand worth of shoes in college. Gary V
2: over here, bro. Exactly.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And uh, yeah, not many people know that about me, but I'm, I'm really a hustler. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough during the season to uh, network with some people. I went to an event that a former, cowboy player corey proctor had and uh, i sat next to a realtor and at the time i had you know i still had my real estate license because when i came home from new york i got started on that in texas because that was kind of like my backup plan but uh after the season um they reached back out to me and you know i didn't know this at the time but the the head broker where you know i'm working um her name is Roxanne Taylor. She's been Jason Witten's realtor for the past 18 years. So she's, you know, taking me under her wing and kind of been, you know, like a mentor to me and kind of teaching me everything. So, I mean, I really got hooked up because she's an incredible, powerful person. And that just kind of shows you the power of, you know, networking and the Cowboys brand. And, but yeah, so I I just started that, you know, that's kind of something I'm going to do on the side. Uh, while i'm playing football and then probably in, enter it you know full-time uh you know after my playing career but i plan on playing for for 10 years you know so
2: yeah i mean you got uh, first of all you got to bring us a couple uh lombardis before he decides to go sell some houses i understand that 100%. Uh, and, and look you know obviously uh jason whitten's realtor she's probably done pretty good in her career you know what oh, I mean? So she, she's doing sure. all right you know yeah and and the land out in Texas, forget it. Like they, like go to Jersey. You, you <laughs> if you want to spend five hundred grand in New Jersey, you're gonna get a one bedroom with Dump. like like half a bath, right? <laughs> yeah. You go out to Texas and you can own property. Oh <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, it's insane. The, the pizza's better though. That's about the pizza it. Pizza
2: is better in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: where
1: are y'all at in uh, New Jersey?
2: Well, well, uh, which we call Brad is in Vegas now because he's obviously a, a touring comedian.
1: He's so wait, in Vegas. You're really on Cobra Kai, like I did not know that. Like, yeah,
0: really? yeah, yeah. That's that's. You don't watch Louis. the show? I, didn't I can watch speak for I myself. Don't worry about it. Huh? Oh, not bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. no you're fine. Online. No. You don't watch the show. If you watch the show, I mean, it's it's streaming. I, I mean, maybe during two days you could you could you could <laughs> uh <laughs> you could you you could stream it or whatever, binge it.
1: Yeah. Celebrity. Yeah. So man. I'm actually. I'm actually going to Vegas in a couple of weeks for a, a real estate convention. You're gonna be there?
0: I should be. Yeah, hit me up. Uh, we will exchange Wait, really? numbers,
1: March sixth.
0: Yeah. He's got to check.
2: There. Yeah, he's a very busy, busy man. You know. Yeah, it takes-
0: Wait, March sixth is a Sunday, right?
1: Yep, yep. I'm there March. Yeah, I'll be tonight. there. I'll,
0: I get in on the fifth.
1: All right, I'm back. I'm why. back on the fifth.
2: There it is. Yeah, so there it is. Making connections out there. Maybe I'll fly yeah. out there too. I'm in uh, Central Jersey.
0: I'll take you to barbecue. I mean, look, I know all the undergrounds. You have three Vegases. You have the tourist Vegas, and then you have the people that grew up here. But then you have that Vegas for the locals that are like entertainers. There's all different places to go. But, you know, I'll I'll take you out. We'll go out to eat like gentlemen. It'll be nice. It'll be a good time.
1: I just still don't know what to think about you having that, you know, non-Tony Romo cowboy (laughs) poster in the back.
0: and they sell it at the stadium. That's okay, and, right and, flag,
2: and, bro. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, what, we, Nick, you have no idea when we first realized this. Right, I'm no, looking at really? that photo. And I'm like, that's an iconic photo. I'm like, that looks great. You got the the sun rays coming in, which we won't get into about the Cowboys Stadium, but like you got the rays coming in. And I'm like, that's
0: not Romo. Like that's. No, I thought it was. But it, was, it was. I got Jason Witten here. I got Cole Beasley as well. He's running. He's running <laughs> route. <right. laughs>
2: oh my god so look nick man it's been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on bro and i think that you know the the best is yet to come for you it looks like you got your head screwed on right you know you got the 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 necessary brain cells still left in the dome to play some football and i think that you're going to bring it uh, for the 2022 Dallas Cowboys. And, and obviously, best of luck. You know, the it, the NFL's a grind, man. And the fact that you got the foot in the door, you're at the star, you're doing your thing, you're learning from some of the greats. Um, you know, again, you got big fans in us. And uh, obviously, anything you need from Vegas, go to Brett. <laughs> and anything oh, you need we'll from New God. Jersey, we got, I yeah, got te- you covered Text me, here.
0: text me. And uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a few things we can't talk about <laughs> on this. It'll be a Perfect. good time. Trust me, kid. Eat like perfect. gentlemen so
2: of course we want to thank Nick Ralston for coming on the Jersey Boys podcast bro anything else you want to plug out there do it right now if you want
1: I don't know man I'm good
2: all right well thank you so much for joining us bro and then uh you know best of luck this season and let's go Cowboys bro perfect
1: let's go Cowboys how about
0: them
1: Cowboys yeah! Roger he's going long down the near sideline for Drew Pearson Pearson makes the catch of the five Touchdown. What you believe in? Stalbar hit Pearson on a 50-yard touchdown. Run Zeke. Up the middle. He's gone.
2: Zeke's gone. Goodbye, Zeke. Touchdown. Short yardage pinched in. The dogs got out. The cowboys.